You're listening to The Voice. Benvenuti a Leuven. Leuven, Jürgen. Добро пожаловать в Leuven. Bienvenue à Leuven. Willkommen in Leuven. Leuven에 오신 걸 환영합니다. Welcome in Leuven. Welcome everyone to this week's show. Uh, this is Anita at the microphone and uh, I'm very excited about this week's episode uh, which will be about sustainable foods. Uh, we have two interviews coming up with very interesting guests so it's a pretty packed show but uh, we'll make sure you don't get bored with it and uh, when I say we I'm talking also about the co-host of today who's here with me and that's Nadia. Hello Nadia, how are you doing? Good afternoon, Anita. Very well. And how are you? I'm good. Thank you. I'm happy that we can co-host together finally, because I heard last week's show and um, you were very good at it. And I'm really Thanks. happy that now we can be together doing it. Let's make it <laughs> so, greater. <laughs> yes, of course. Um, so before we move on to the first song, I'd like to remind our listeners about um, the places where they can find our articles, um, namely uh, thevoiceleuven.be or v2.be, Instagram, thevoice.kluven. And for our radio shows, they can listen to them all on Spotify on our channel, The Voice on Radio, exclamation point, which is pretty crucial to find us. Uh, so I don't think it's my duty to introduce the songs as Nadia, Nadia was, in, was the one selecting them for this week. So I think you can better than me introduce this coming, the song that's coming up. So please. Let's give it a try. So all about and around food today. Ingredients growing and collecting, meal cooking and preparation do involve creativity. Nettermorts with rich platters by Flemish masters and our today's singer Tom Rosenthal with his watermelon song. Food is an inspiration by all means. Let's not waste it. Let's listen. Oh, 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 oh,
that was Stolmerzenthal and his watermelon, watermelon song. The song provided us with cheerful vibes and cheerful notes. Therefore, I would like to ask you, Anita, what made you happy recently? Mm, that's a good question. Uh, I cannot say the weather because recently it's been quite awful. Um, maybe the release of some new, like the restrictions that loosen up a bit for the Christmas time. Mm -hmm. How about you? Oh, I, in the weekends, I decided to make a small trip to the castle of Levdal, excuse my Dutch, uh, still uh, on the way to improvement. And uh, I decided just to put myself out of the city and there was 30 minutes by bike. And I was very enthusiastic at the beginning. I was like, yeah, I can do that. Uh, having a Nike slogan uh, in my head, just do it, biking, uh, sweating and so on. And then I see that no more. I'm surrounded by familiar Arenberg. Uh, IMAC is already somewhere at the back. And then I see fields, meadows, fields, forest, meadows. And this continuation, this looping and looping and looping. And I thought, oh gosh, I'm gonna gonna spend the night here because it was getting darker and darker. Of course, I did not assume that uh, at five it will be dark already. So I made it till the castle. And then with the speed of the light, I decided to return back home through this um, unknown lens. And I managed. I'm glad to be home, enjoying for the second day the coziness of my student room. <laughs> <laughs> glad to so, see you here and no see that you made it alive. <laughs> yeah, true that. Uh, also, uh, don't mind such a fact. Well, we discussed what made us happy, but I think I know what make our constant reader the voice reader and listener happy. These are the new articles uh, published on our website. The first one would be in the science section called Antwerp, the city of tomorrow, but our contributing writer. Here the author explicitly elaborates and establishes an opinion regarding the sustainability of such a prominent city as Antwerp by comparing it and by, let's say, by several criteria. One of the, the, the main, let's say, stress is applied to the uh, transportation system. So there are several sections, for instance, bike path network and then electric car infra infrastructure. And then the conclusion is Antwerp becoming a sustainable city. In order to receive the answer to that question, please read the article. You got me curious there, uh, I have to say. <laughs> You're really oh good yeah, presenter. that's the aim, that's great. <laughs> yes. Um, okay, so I will go on and introduce an article, another article that has been recently published on The Voice. Um, and that is um, about the Ethiopian conflict. Um, and it's not only a, a recount of what's happening um, there, which we have been reading uh, more and more in, in the last weeks about, but it's more, um, it, it reaches straight to your heart because it's a personal story of an Ethiopian girl who lives in Belgium and she's currently experiencing um, the conflict from, from afar. So it's probably even more powerful and more sadder than, than maybe even being, being there because you, you cannot really do anything for a family. And in, in the Tigray region, um, it's now hard to get in contact with the people living there. So she doesn't even know if, if some of her, her relatives are still alive. So in order to find more about this article, definitely you should read about it. And uh, it was very really powerful for me to read. 
what is happening with very few words is actually the na national army has been mobilized towards the north uh, in the Tigray region. Um, and since Ethiopia uh, features a lot of ethnic groups, there's often tensions between them. But in last years, it, uh, it had been quite relative quiet. But now uh, the, in the Tigray region, some elections were held without the government, the national government's permission in September. So this is what, what the government is now carrying out is a is an act of authority to try to yeah to 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 avoid such type of rebellion to to spread around in the rest of the country which is federal so it's it could easily happen yeah it could easily escalate and one last detail about it is that i feel very <laughs> involved in this because i i had to go to ethiopia for my field work and uh, this won't happen because of because of the conflict. So it's also affecting me quite directly. That's that's just the the real reality. And it was so. It's not only I'm not only sad, extremely sad for the people who have to go through this, but also that I probably won't get the chance to see the country <laughs> in the near future. So, yeah. But that's just the bad news that I I didn't want to kill the vibe actually. <laughs> so. Now we can move on to happier matters, I guess. Or um, can we, though, let's say, because as we discuss serious matters and provide arguments with comparisons, we face the question, what's wrong with the world? Or what's the world coming to? Full of contradiction and questions is our discussion. Same goes. With, same could be applied to the ne our next song called Où va le monde by La Femme. C'est l'alarme de trop qui fait déborder mes yeux et m'a rendu malheureux. 
le monde Pourquoi chaque fois que je veux bien faire les choses Dire toujours de travers Pourquoi les gens se mentent Pourquoi les gens se trompent Est-ce que toi aussi des fois tu te demandes pourquoi La vie est si compliquée Surtout quand deux personnes s'aiment Mais qui semblent être bien ensemble Ça paraît si facile alors comment ça se fait qu'à chaque fois ça finit en pleurs Je n'en peux plus des histoires futiles, je n'en peux plus de tous ces bourreaux et de toutes ces victimes. L'homme se contredit à longueur de journée, il ne sait pas ce qu'il veut, c'est pour ça qu'on se fait du mal. Est-ce bien normal Il y a des questions où je sais que je ne trouverai jamais la réponse. Il y a des choses auxquelles on ne peut rien faire, il faut sans doute s'en moquer, passer à travers. That was Uva Le Monde by La Femme, and we invite you to our news section. If you don't mind, we begin with the most cheerful one, Anita already. Not spoiled, but mentioned it. Museums, shops and pools are open again from 30th of November. Swim in the goods of the stores offer, shop for inspiration and memories in the museums and boost robust physique in the pools. Anita, I have a question to you. Reopening of which institution from the mentioned three do you praise best? Hmm, good question. Um, I don't go to the swimming pool very often, so I would probably say museums. Uh, I think that's really nice that out of all the things they could reopen, they decided to open museums uh, because then you get that's a good way of getting out of the house and do something cultural. Uh, oh, and yes. also supports the cultural sector um, economically, so it's really nice. Do you agree with me, or oh, are you definitely, definitely. <laughs> I just returned from the doctor, 
And while the the professional was was doing her work, of course, I decided to to ask her regarding her personal opinion of the pool reopening. And she reassured me. She said, oh, but the pools have to follow the strict guidelines and so on. I still have trust issues, like serious ones, uh, because still public environment and your whole skin and its imperfections, oh, well, perfections too, are exposed, <laughs> are exposed not only to other people's eyes, eyes, but also to the kind of an aggressive environment of chlorine and in the water, I mean. Um, of course, I also answered that this doctor, I'm sorry, yeah, she has to re represent the whole government, <laughs> let's say, in, in, instead, because I don't have... A, unfortunately or fortunately, any contacts in the government for now. So, yeah, I asked whether it's possible to have a different cleaning system there. And she said, just believe me, it's good. Time to move on to the second wonderful news. Did you know that Belgium is in top 10 countries ranked by spoken English skills? Worth mentioning uh, that English, no, the language learning service Education first conducted the research, and Belgium was ranked at the ninth. Let's say so, top ten. It's quite kind of kind of applause, yeah, for Belgium, and we thank um, Anita. You know, sometimes it happens that in when English is spoken by international, the language exhibits a special charm. Curious word combinations or intonations. Uh, for instance, I really like Spanish English. I hear people talking and I just it just feels warmer and nicer and it's just amazing. But <laughs> as we live in a, in an international uh, rather international city called Leuven, do you know have you spotted any particular phrases that uh, Belgian English has? For instance, I'll come up an example I show you. Um, sometimes let's say, Dutch uh, speakers who live in Belgium, they implement this eh at the end of the sentence where Englishmen would rather prefer something like mm or pardon. And this eh could take eternity. So this, this, oh, yeah. Yeah, it's really <laughs> peculiar. And also, yeah, I can think of something, actually. Uh, what they often say when they're talking is like, allez. Ali is like, yeah. <laughs> but it's I like, like, it kind um, of speeds up the topic. It doesn't let you go yeah. further. And, and it's really specific. I think it's nice to keep that little something that it's, you know, it's a Belgian. You can spot it right away if it's a, there's a Ali or like a He at the end. You know? <laughs> now we know. And th those tiny details, we're not even talking about words. We're just talking about minor minor constructions. So good job, Belgium. Keep moving to the first positions, let's say, because I know that Netherlands is somewhere ahead. We'll not take Scandinavian countries. Denmark is on the first uh, place. Also, applause, our kindest. Those will surprise me. Yeah. yeah, yeah. But so, Belgium, keep moving, keep rolling, and thank you for, for the current position. And our first cheerful news is that our city holds the 26th, 26th short film festival Leuven or Court Film Festival. And well, usually your you dear listener expect me and Anita to give you somewhat an introduction, but this time let's listen to the short message from the organizing committee. Just imagine a week filled with watching a fine selection of short films and that within the reach of your own fridge on your sofa. Well, you can from the fifth 
till the 12th of December at the International Short Film Festival in Leuven. This year's edition will be fully digital, but aside from that, it's all the same in comparison to previous years. You can choose certain themes, watch compilations for a mere 4 euros, and for the price of 19 euros, you can even buy yourself a ticket, which you gain access to the whole festival with. Why wouldn't you? This year's compilation of short films will make your mouth water once again. For example, the Flemish and European competition, in which the public is allowed to choose and vote a winner. Women for the Win, on the other hand, is a series which focuses on female filmmakers and diversity in the film scene. But even then, we haven't covered everything yet. You can also watch breathtaking animated short films, often shown in compilations. There will be guests from Canvas and Humo, who will highlight their favorites, and they'll also award their short film of choice as well. And if you like Hungarian cinema, like my companion on the right... Yeah, I'm, I'm a very big fan of Laszlo Nemes. You will enjoy the series, which particularly focus on its heimat, Hungary. So, aside from all these programs and compilations, there will be plenty of other talks and shorts that may interest you, especially interesting for our international listeners, is that all movies will be spoken or subtitled in English. So please come, I mean, sit and chill on your couch, and enjoy. That was the message from the organizing committee of Court Film Festival in Leuven. It will take place from 5th December to 12th of December, so don't miss it. I won't miss it. Anita will not miss it. You, you should follow our example. And the art puts us in the dream state, lifts us from the ground. Now we invite you even further to the moon. Minulis is a Lithuanian word for that plan star excuse me and with the it will be performed in the starship of the light voice and tuned by alina arlova minulis let's listen back. So here we are at the core of our show for today, which is about sustainable foods. Uh, so today with me are Bianca and Marco. They are part of the Food Saving Leuven, which is an initiative that I personally find very useful and interesting. 
And I can really wait to hear more about how it started and how it is it is going right now. So first off, I would like to welcome uh, you both um, to the studio. Uh, so hi guys, how are you doing? Hey, good. Doing fine. Doing fine. Pandemic-wise, all okay. So. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and thanks for being here. I think it's nice to we keep the radio going and talk about interesting topics, although it's not as easy without the studio. Maybe I would like to give an introduction about how I joined. I know about the Food Saving Leuven. Uh, so I joined about a year ago. Um, and as weird as it may sound, uh, thanks to this platform, I have picked up a lot of tasty foods from crates laying in front of unknown people's houses. <laughs> so I think <laughs> maybe we can give a bit explanation what it, this actually means. And I would probably start asking to you, Bianca, because you're the founder of Food Saving. Uh, I think no one better than you can tell us uh, the story of this initiative. So how did it start and how does it work in practice? Uh, okay, so it started already back in 2016 as a little coincidence, I would say, a spin-off of some uh, workshop that was aiming at educating uh, how to deal with old uh, bread. So there was a workshop organized by the Food Win uh, organization in Brussels, which is doing all kinds of uh, initiatives and also businesses around food waste. And in the context of this workshop, we approached several shops and asked if they had leftovers. And uh, there happened to be one uh, particular shop who was very, well, the owner was very enthusiastic and agreed on uh, yeah, giving us uh, leftovers on a regular basis. So um, since I was the one uh, there living in Leuven and willing to to set this all up, uh, it started uh, the way that um, I took most of the food home. And since I was living in some Kai Leuven project home about sustainable development, uh, we could also develop this a bit further with uh, like a awareness event in Pangea where we screened uh, a movie about uh, two Canadians uh, living one year only from food waste and afterwards we started some kind of a task force and uh, were full of enthusiasm and then because this was in May you can imagine with a summer break it uh, kind of slowed down but uh, took a bit a different uh, shape in that individuals uh, who sign up uh, who were enthusiast in about this um, this idea we're coming to this and slowly more and more uh, shops were uh, approached and uh, agreed on sharing on a regular basis um, now I'm already talking about people and about shops and that's actually the two key uh, players in in this uh, in this concept so uh, we are all mostly students um, mostly international students even, who uh, take food based on agreements and uh, share it either in their own household or before Corona also at uh, some central points in Pangea and Agora. Or uh, as you already mentioned, we just put food in front of our houses and uh, inform the network uh, that there is food to be picked up. Um, that's uh, as easy as how it works <laughs> in practice. Yeah, yeah I think it's, it's really fun also because 
then um, I personally am a member of the platform on Facebook, so I can see when a post comes up and there's something available. So you just grab your bike if you can and you go to the place to pick up and then you just don't know what you will find actually. But it, Or sometimes you do. I mean, in the post it says, but you don't know what's left. <laughs> so you have to rush to get the best things. And I, I sometimes got really good veggies that were still in very good condition or yogurts and uh, maybe they sometimes are expired right but like maybe just a couple of days and so it's still good to eat yes it's so, always an adventure whatever you find you have to eat so <laughs> yeah indeed that makes that's, your cooking better actually <laughs> <laughs> yeah yeah it's really fun i'm really happy to be part of it um and if i can ask about more about the organ logistics um of the project uh, like the response of the sellers especially of the supermarkets of the shops that you have been contacting and trying to get involved in the initiative like what is their what's the type of response you you have found more often from their side like if they're eager to collaborate or enthusiastic about collaborating and yeah I would I guess that would be my first question because I'm kind of curious to know more about this aspect um, yeah, I think it's really is depending on the opinion or character of the responsible of a shop. So the one the one I mentioned with a very enthusiastic owner, she said immediately like, "Oh yeah, I'm uh, collecting every day the uh, overdate products, anyways, and sometimes my employees take them, but there's always too much, and I would be super happy if uh, someone takes it." Another employee from the same shop always um, like over uh, was overflowing from thankfulness for us and we were like but wait it's the other way around you are giving us food right but <laughs> some people are like super happy others uh yeah usually if they cooperate with us they see value in it uh, um because often it's food which is perfectly fine but just by law not allowed to be sold anymore so uh especially vegetables that um, have like few dark spots which they know no customer would purchase anymore but they know it's a good product uh, often they are happy that we give it um, another chance let's say yeah that's nice that's nice and how about the consumers or the people who have joined uh, the projects since it's beginning to up until now they they also show enthusiasm um in the initiative or have you struggled a bit to find uh, participants? Uh, no, I would say it's very easy to find people to take the food. It's uh, more difficult to find people who are willing to, let's say, do the effort of going to a fixed time to a shop and then uh, carry more than their actual needs. Yeah, it actually makes sense. Huh? <laughs> it's always good to to get free food. That's almost a, a universal rule, I would say. So, yeah. Yeah. So we have a, However, a core of carriers, I would say 20, 30 people, and then we distribute it in different points. And we are, I think, hundreds of people actually in the network. So pretty big for Leuven, I think. Yeah. I I do sometimes notice though that there are some people who yeah don't trust the food once yeah. it's overdate, which I mean for certain products certainly makes sense, but for others also just less. And um, yeah, I find that I, maybe I got just so much into this uh, eating old food thing <laughs> <laughs> that uh, 
I cannot imagine not wanting to eat a yogurt that is like one day over the date, which, or even a cheese. Come on, cheese is getting better the older it is, at some of them at least. Um, it's actually yeah. a completely different uh, mindset when you yeah. start going free again. <laughs> yeah, I can see that actually. And Marco, uh, do, you, do you feel like Leuven is a favorable environment uh, in general to have set up this initiative and to maintain it? In, again, I would as say we... so. We are fueled by students and uh, here is full of students that are really willing to help with it. And uh, since Leuven is uh, bike-sized, you can go anywhere in 10 minutes. It's really easy to, to manage the, the pickups and the shops and uh, quite a good community gathered around this project. So yeah, I think Leuven is <laughs> quite a good city. Also, food saving Leuven makes food saving easier, let's say, because you avoid uh, the dangers of uh, dumpster diving that is illegal in Belgium right now. So going around this, uh, <laughs> it's... Um, it's pretty much uh, one of the best cities where I did this type of initiatives in. I oh, did nice. them mostly in the Netherlands and Switzerland and uh, was clearly less easy to do it. Uh-huh. Also, uh, on this point, Leuven as a city is about to start something about food waste uh, on a big scale. They are uh, aiming at what they call like a food distribution hub. So that's supposed to be like a platform both physical but probably also a bit online which is uh, aiming at bringing to be- together different actors because food saving Leuven is also not the only it's actually one of the smallest uh, actors and um, where we are hoping for some support also for us in there although uh, we always have to of course keep in mind that we are a bit at the edge of um, of what is okay in the law because uh, I think there's absolutely no problem with me sharing food that is old with my friends but as soon as you would uh, commercialize it or in some way make it official uh, you have uh, high requirements from uh, the food safety agencies which in Belgium are very strict so not Mm -hmm. only linked to Leuven but to maybe Europe in general this is uh, uh, something to keep in mind because uh, the well if you are providing someone say some sushi and then they get uh, sick from it who is going to be uh, uh, taken reliable accountable for it Uh yeah that's a good point actually yeah I agree Uh, but also this project of uh, Leuven is actually very good news that you're giving me I didn't know about it so let's keep our hopes up about it being successful and actually um, happen like happening soon enough but yeah since the situation now is a bit on hold for for many things I guess that will be also uh I will be also interested in asking you more about how the 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 COVID situation has impacted the overall initiative because I imagine that's that has made it harder maybe or or part of the challenge of, of of keeping it alive maybe Marco you want to Absolutely. A couple of shops actually closed that were collaborating with us for the COVID period. So we are <laughs> having a, a less uh, wide pool of, of uh, shops where to go to. And uh, also uh, sharing food with people and speaking with people is less easy. So also expanding the network has become more difficult. 
organizing the group has become more difficult because since it's a horizontally organized group, not really hierarchical, uh, contact with people is really necessary and uh, not really helping it. So we, we are uh, a little less uh, active right now. We, we have uh, not many shops that are collaborating, but we are trying always to expand the network more and see who wants to collaborate with us. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah, and especially maybe the shops don't have that much waste in this period since they are not actually, maybe they're not getting a lot of products in the first place from their suppliers or that's uh, also I didn't experience this. I think the food waste is the same. The problem is that people are more less, so <laughs> it's kind okay. of difficult to distribute it at, this, at that point. Uh-huh, I see. And in terms of other um, potential challenges of keeping the project alive, me, even before COVID, um, do you do you have any experience or would you like to share any of the potential well, uh, sh Surely being uh, not super legal makes it uh, quite difficult in the sense that we are just taking agreement, uh, many times not written with the shops, so it's collaboration really, so it's built on trust. And everything mm -hmm. that is built on trust and no legal. It's precarious. <laughs> exactly. Yeah. So sharing is caring, but still um, problems arise always. So yeah, indeed. And Bianca, uh, about the when when the, the the project was first started, did did you feel like you were encountering a lot of difficulties, or, or that went quite smoothly? Mm. No, I think uh, we also overcame uh, some difficulties. For instance, uh, the, the more it grew, the harder it was to uh, keep up with scheduling. So I think there was quite a long phase where we had quite a number of people, but we were doing everything via uh, some Facebook chat. So it was kind of structured, say, uh, I would go to shop A always on Tuesdays and someone else would come on the same shop on Thursdays, but if always in groups of three, for instance. So if someone cannot come, uh, there would still be other people. But then it was still a lot of messy communication saying like, oh, I cannot come. Someone can take my place. And then, you know, people are shy. They don't step forward. So then in the end, nobody goes sometimes. So that was uh, very unstructured. Now we have a better tool, which is also something everybody can uh, join and enroll to after listening to this show. It is called carrot.world. So carrot with a K. Um, and on there you can type for Leuven and you will find the community for Leuven and register to it. And on there you will find a map with all the uh, contributing shops. And uh, you can add uh, details for these shops or like trusted members uh, can modify those. And uh, for instance, say, every day at 8 p.m. or uh, Tuesdays at 5 or something like this and you can enroll for different shifts and then it becomes very clear who is coming and who is responsible. Because one thing people might forget is uh, once we made an agreement with the shop and often they are actually collecting the food aside for us to just pick it up, if nobody comes, it's really annoying for the shop owners. So it's really important to provide a structure. Nobody is really controlling our group, so at least I don't want to do that. So if someone is misbehaving, it can have impacts on the whole uh, group because our reputation is depending on everybody of us. And of course, everyone can just go everywhere and saying like, hey, I'm from Food Saving Leuven. And actually, it's not really true. We have no means of controlling it. But I think 
as Mark was said, it's about trust. And I believe it's worth keeping up with this system and not with a system of control so that everybody can actually be part of this. Also, I would like to mention that Carrot is also an app, so it's even easier to join <laughs> in case you want. Yeah, thanks for mentioning it because that would have been my one of my last questions because you have to tell the listeners how to find the initiative <laughs> to become part of it. And uh, I guess one last thing that I that I think is is worth doing in, at this point is a sort of collective call to action. Um, if you would have to convince or at least to, to bring new members into the initiative, like yeah, what 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 would you say? Like why why should we uh, or those listening to us join the food saving or yeah or even similar initiatives like uh, about food saving or about against food waste? Well, food waste is quite a problem right now. We are wasting like thirty percent of our produced food, and uh, surely. Having a carbon negative diet <laughs> is uh, quite uh, nice and uh, having free food is always nice. So you meet nice people, you get to know the city better and uh, you in the meantime eat really tasty snacks. <laughs> so that's always a plus. Thank you so much. Actually, yeah, it sounds like a, a bit of a commitment, but also very empowering. So thanks for sharing more about this with us today, guys. Um, I will go on a, on a short music break now and move on to our next, uh, the next part of our episode. So thank you again for being with us today. And I hope I wish you the best with the initiative. I also will try to contribute as much as possible. <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I hope that... Um, you have like yeah a successful continuation of the project so uh you. see you soon guys thank Bye. you very much and thanks Bye. for hosting Bye. yeah thank you and now we will play a song by kasabian goodbye kiss enjoy It
For the second um, very exciting interview of today. So as mentioned before, uh, today's episode is dedicated to looking at food through a sustainable lens and among the most notable initiatives that try to promote a more responsible consumption of food in Leuven, I definitely could not leave out the green office. So the names the name of this organization speaks of itself. Uh, the Green Office is uh, a sustainability organization for and by um, students uh, integrated in the university uh, sustainable office. And it tries to make KU Leuven and its population more sustainable in all its facets through several projects, events, and campaigns. So today I invited two representatives of the sustainable foods team of the Green Office, uh, who can explain to us more in depth what are the current initiatives in place and more importantly, why they're so crucial. So welcome to Luisa and Verli. I hope I pronounced it well. How are you doing today? Hello, uh, I'm Louisa. I'm doing well today. Thanks for hosting us in this uh, interview. Um, so I'm part of the sustainable foods team at the Green Office for the second semester now. And I am a student in Leuven. I do my Master of Geology here. Nice, welcome. And Verli? Hi, I'm Verli. Um, yes, I'm good. Thank you. Um, so I'm the um, Vela, I'm the Green Office Coordinator, and I'm also uh, responsible for the veggie bag. Um, so that's my part um, concerning sustainable foods at the Green Office. Nice. Well, welcome to you both. Uh, so, from what I got by exploring the Green Office page, um, the Sustainable Foods team has some uh, keywords or mantra, season-bound, local, plant-based, package-free, and no waste. So, uh, can you explain um, to us why each of these aspects makes food consumption more sustainable? 
maybe Luisa, you want to go first, and then also Verli, of course, if you have thoughts to add. Sure, absolutely. So in my view, actually, all of these aspects that you mentioned, they're all connected. They form a chain where one thing leads to another. So for example, if we start with the season-bound aspect, um, if we see that uh, fruits and vegetables that are in season, they are, first of all, more abundant. So uh, we can have more quantity of them available at a certain time. So we should take advantage of that. And also, um, if they don't get consumed soon enough, they will be wasted. So that's another reason. And uh, I could add to that the fact that since they are in season, the natural condition conditions are favoring that. So they grow more easily and it's possible to, to even grow organic. So connecting to that, I think that uh, this brings the plant-based aspects, right? Since, since the plants are affected by the, the seasons. And eating plant-based is beneficial from many aspects besides the animal welfare and the human health, of course. So it demands way less natural resources. So by that, we already um, promote uh, a decrease in wastage. Um, and we could talk about this for many uh, views, but maybe I'd like to mention that, uh, for example, it costs a hundred times more water to produce a pound of animal protein than a pound of grain protein. So it's uh, logical to see how reducing the animal products that we eat will reduce the enormous amounts of the valuable water that is used in the production. And also, for example, um, according to the FAO, uh, the livestock use, uh, emits 15% of all the anthropogenic greenhouse gases emission. So if we can switch to a plant-based uh, diet, we will also be saving on that. So yes, there are many sides of it in the waste, but of course we can tackle the, the, the food waste itself that is um, inevitable in the process of producing meat because you need to plant the grains to feed the animals while we could be eating the grains directly in in a much smaller amount um, yeah definitely like yeah. like you mentioned there's so much behind it and there's so much actually to talk about i know it was a, it's a very broad question but <laughs> i imagine you're a vegetarian by by this short explanation yeah, yeah, I am. Actually, I prefer not to wear the label, but I am as much vegetarian as I can. <laughs> yeah, that's a good way of putting it. And Verli, uh, what are the mantras that you would like to expand upon today? Well, I think uh, Louisa already um, covered uh, most of them. I think I'm, I'm going to, because... Uh, I'm, I'm going to use this time also to talk a bit about the veggie bag, um, why, it why it's also um, very symbolic for um, covering most of these mantras, um, which is that um, with the veggie bag, we also try to always take the veggies and fruits in, which are in season. Like as Riza says, um, they require uh, a lot less um, effort to grow. There's a, a huge amount of them at that time. So... Uh, it's it's much better to um, to use those, 
Um, local is also very important because of the transportation. So you don't have, uh, you know, you don't have to use a boat or a plane um, to um, get the fruits and veggies uh, in the stores, um, which also requires a lot of, um, you know, it also puts a lot of pressure on the planet. Um, and then plant-based, the um, same as sustainable foods, um, the veg bag also tries to um, inspire people and uh, motivate them to cook more with um, with fruits and veggies. Um, because, you know, as Louisa told, um, it's a lot less water use, usage. Um, you know, the, the grains, they can be used directly for us. Um, so, um, you know, the pressure on the planet, again, is much lower. Um, and package-free and no-waste is actually two things, I think. So um, it could be a bit uh, easy to uh, confuse those two, but no-waste means that you also use all the parts of the food. So um, you're very creative with it. For example, um, Sustainable Foods now gives like uh, suggestions what you can do with, for example, like the ends of your uh, veggies. You can make a broth or you can usually still make a nice dish from it. Um, and it really helps people to see like, you know, you don't have to throw away half of your uh, fruits and veggies. You can still use them and make something really nice out of it. Yeah, indeed, that's true. Uh, but as you mentioned, Veggie Bag and other related initiatives of the Sustainable Food Group, I would like to maybe um, know more about it. Like in how does the Veggie bag work in practice and also other initiatives that the green office promotes to raise awareness and pursue pursue more sustainable consumption patterns um so the veggie bag is actually um it exists already quite some years and uh, the fruits and veggies from the veggie bag most of them are uh, produced at the big which is a, a farm um, quite close to Leuven. It's only 10 kilometers away from here. And the people who work at the Wicke, um, they grow the, the veggies um, organic. They, um, they're seasonal. And also, like, you know, when they get the veggies to, um, to the pickup points, they don't use packaging or anything. They always put them just in, like, blue boxes so you can pick them out, put them in your own bag. So there's no plastic use. Um, and the people who work at uh, the Wicke, the farm, um, are also, um, which is, is something for me, it's very important to mention. So it's um, the employees, they're like, they, they don't really get um, a job very easily because like, for example, they've been unemployed for a long time or they have trouble finding a good job or they don't have a good degree. Um, so this is for them a, a nice opportunity um, to do something, to have a nice job, and they're really motivated about what they do. And then um, the next step is that you can just order the veggies and the fruits from uh, the Wicke, and they're being brought to um, the campuses uh, from Kai Leuven, and there you can pick them up. So it's also very nice because, you know, you don't have to go to a store. You can just, you know, pick them up um, with a fellow colleague from Kai Leuven. Uh, and it's always a bit of a surprise, so it helps you to uh, be creative, uh, look for new recipes, uh, get to know lesser known fruits um, and veggies that you otherwise wouldn't buy. So um, it has a lot of nice aspects to it, I think. Yeah, I agree that the surprise part is really fun. Um, that's also, that connects me to the previous interview about the food saving 
that these kind of things, like you mentioned, really uh, encourages us to 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 think about food in a more creative way and really don't do not be too picky as we we it's so easy to be right. And so I also um, have done the veggie bag sometimes, the fruit bag, actually. Uh, and I really enjoy it. I think it's a nice initiative. And also the Wicked, like you say, it's not only an environmentally sustainable um, initiative, but also a socially sustainable activity. So that's really nice. And uh, Luisa, can you maybe uh, tell us a bit more about other initiatives of the sustainable food scheme um, to raise awareness on these issues? So yeah, definitely. Uh, for example, we have the sensibilization campaign going on right now called Taste It, Don't Waste It. And uh, we're promoting a series of uh, posts on social, social media, so on Instagram and also on Facebook, where we are tackling different aspects of food waste. So each week, one of the volunteers um, prepares some some posts and gives suggestions about uh, what to do with a, with your leftovers or how to use 100% of your uh, cauliflower, for example, or how to prepare um, like meal prep. You know, so you can uh, prepare a lot of uh, meals in advance, which will sa save you time as well. So there are a lot of interesting tips that we're giving in this campaign. And also normally we uh, promote some talks with uh, professors from the KU11 and also industry experts. Uh, normally we would promote workshops as well. So cooking workshops or how to grow your herbs at your uh, student room, for example. But Unfortunately, this semester we are focused on um, online activities. Yeah, indeed, um, that will be a big part of my interview as well related to COVID. But later on, now one last question before we have a short song break. Um, maybe you, Luisa, I can, I can ask you if, based on your experience, do you think that uh, Leuven is a favorable environment for um, promoting and implementing this mission of awareness raising on food related issues and on trying to really reduce the waste and to create a more sustainable model do you think mm -hmm. that have you found it easy to to do to achieve like high level of, of success or lower levels of responsiveness of your initiatives here in Leuve? Yeah, um, that's a good question, actually. So living, in my opinion, is a, an ideal uh, environment for promoting these types of initiatives because uh, it's a city full of students, so it's very young, uh, international, and there's a lot of uh, like progressive thinking and innovation in the city. Also from the part of the um, government of the city, I see a lot of actions in that sense. So I believe it is uh, indeed uh, a good environment for those. And um, the Green Office has had success in implementing some uh, initiatives, but right now, with the corona times, everything is more difficult. So I do also feel uh, some difficulties of engaging with the public in these times, especially because most people, uh, most students actually are not here in, in Leuven. They are in their homes. So that makes things a bit more difficult. Yeah, I can't imagine. I can't imagine. But 
it's nice that, like you say, there's a high levels of innovation in Leuven. So it's it's also a bubble, we can say, in a way. But it's it's somehow reassuring to be in it if if most of the people agree with our ideals and and kind of go along with the mission. So it's nice to to hear that in a way it's it's being success, successful in in spite of the challenges. Uh, so before we move on to the second part of the interview, I would just go on a short song break to empty the minds of the listeners. Um, and we're playing It's a Shame by Money Love and True Image. Enjoy. Was it's a shame by money love and true image there's a factor influencing not only personal lives but the functioning of organizations as well what do you think of dear listener covid19 of course Verle, in your opinion has the global pandemic influenced the consumption and waste trends related to food um, that's a hard question but 
so in my opinion, I think I think there are like two ways it it could go to. I think people like at some point I think everyone is now going through some phases like sometimes they're you know like having a lot of um to upgrade their life because they have a lot of time for it but on other points I think um, a lot of people are like you know um there's no point so I'm just gonna you know um give up and just uh live like I wouldn't live otherwise but you know uh desperate times so I think some of us um, might now be exploring um, creative cooking, trying to, you know, because they have a lot of time to go to, uh, you know, to get good um, and fresh fruits and veggies, make different choices, um, learn more, um, that, it, that it will enhance um, some of that. But also, like, for example, um, I think the first uh, weeks and months of Corona, uh, a lot of people were scared to like get infected by taking mm -hmm. um, unpackaged food, so they were more choosing for packaged foods. Um, or like when you have like you know you're struggling with the pandemic and the lockdown, you might easier say like I'm not gonna cook, I'm just gonna order something, or I'm just gonna you know eat some junk food because you know I'm really not in the mood. I don't have energy to cook and and you know be sustainable because you know sometimes it's just hard and then you know you forget about all your good um intentions so <laughs> i think there's like you know a lot of uh difference there and it's it's hard to tell i think i'm i'm seeing it now also from my own point of view like sometimes i think you know i want to you know use this time well and other times i'm just thinking like what's the point because you know <laughs> mm -hmm. everything is lost so uh, a lot of contradiction right let's say yeah. first we, we can easily give up not even knowing what uh, the opportunities are there for us to try out. Luisa, do you have something to add? Yes, I actually completely relate to what Vili said. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, there were periods during the lockdown that I was super uh, creative and doing a lot of different recipes with the more free time that I had and other times that I was just like ah, what's the point of all of this I'm so tired I don't uh, feel like the urge of doing anything if I cannot share with anyone so that part of the isolation was very hard indeed mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. but yeah I guess for the ones who were lucky to be living this period uh in with your families or yeah with close friends i think it actually gave us the opportunity to uh reconnect with other um aspects of food because food is nurturing it's uh sharing and in the end eating is also a political act so everything that we choose to put in our plates has an impact on the planet so maybe we had a little a bit of more time to to think about that and improve our choices. Wow, I, I really appreciate this opinion. Thank you. And it was mentioned by Verliv primarily that the question is uh, rather hard. So in order to decrease the complexity of that question, I present you with additional one. How does the Green Office adapt in this COVID-19 situation in order to keep on raising awareness about the topic and encouraging individuals to act concretely? So uh, 
right now we are focusing on online campaigns. Um, as I mentioned before, uh, we have the Taste It, Don't Waste It campaign. Mm -hmm. And also we are planning some other uh, projects for, for this uh, semester and the next ones. So, um, yeah, for one side, it's really difficult because the activities that we promote, um, they are they have a better um, reception when we do things in, in person, live. Mm -hmm. But now we have to to adjust a little bit. And uh, what's what's the solution that we find is really doing like online workshops through Zoom or Skype, and also some screening of documentaries. That's also something that we have in mind for at uh, the beginning of the the year. So yeah, basically switching everything to online mode. Got it, got it. And as a finishing note, dear guests, Verle and Louise, what is the upcoming event that you would like to promote to our listener and to general public and as many people as possible? <laughs> Yeah, so um, I would maybe talk about two uh, upcoming projects. The first one is that we are carrying out a survey about the Alma, the student uh, restaurant in the mm -hmm. KU11. Uh, so what is the satisfaction with the vegetarian options and would, if people would be willing to buy uh, vegetarian meals if they were cheaper than the meat-based options. So this is actually an invitation for everybody to participate on the survey because the more people um, um, the more people who participate, the mm -hmm. better we can capture the opinion of the students. And I believe the results will be better. And yep. a second project is uh, on food labels. So we are thinking about uh, next semester doing a series of um, informational sessions about each uh, little piece of information on labels. So what does organic mean? What does uh, the, the certificate labels mean? Um, what are the nutritional factors? How should I read them? So really uh, going through that very thoroughly. Sounds super awesome. Thank you for that. Looking forward. And Verle, if you could give us a hint uh, on how can we track the activity of the Green Office to which uh, websites and media sources sh shall one refer? Um, I think um, you can just uh, follow uh, all our activities on uh, our Facebook page. Mm -hmm. So it's just a Green Office for Kyle Leuven. And we also have an Instagram page. Um, but I think Facebook is the best place to go to. Um, our website is more like general information about our projects and stuff. Um, but for events, uh, Facebook should be the place uh, to visit. Thank you very much for giving that precious information. It seems like right now it's high time to for me to express distinct satisfaction and pleasure for having you as guest today. Again, thank you very much. Also, um, thank you for inviting us. Uh, it was really nice to be here and to talk to you. Thank you so much, uh, Nadia. Anita, it seems like I should thank you too. It doesn't even seem it's a must. It was a pleasure to be your co-host co for today. 
Same goes for me, Nadia. It was a pleasure. That's all for more exciting shows coming up in the next few weeks. Oh, definitely. As we have exchanged the contacts with the Green Office, Leuven, it's time for our listener to remind to our listener where can we be found. For instance, it could be performed on the website, thevoiceloven.be or veto.be, the voice tab, Facebook, the voice international student publication, Instagram, thevoice.kaoloven or the for the voice student magazine and then when it comes to the voice on radio there are plenty of pod- podcasts available on spotify podcast.com and mix cloud next week there is a great celebration popping up the voice on radio birthday so please do not miss it hope our guests their stories tips and tricks inspired you in this song Ather praises the city of San Francisco. Let's adopt the same positive attitude when going to the sustainable future without food waste. San Francisco by Emil Mosseri, Daniel Heskedal and Joe Talbot. That was the final note. Here is the final song.
Thank you, sir. What else you got? <laughs>